there. Welcome to Simple Acts Big Impact, celebrating teen changemakers. I'm your host, Natalie Silverstein. I'm an author, philanthropist, and passionate advocate for family and youth service. On this short weekly pod, I have the honor of meeting tweens, teens, and young adults who are volunteers, advocates, nonprofit founders, activists, and fundraisers. My goal is to celebrate and amplify these big-hearted people and the work they're doing, and to inspire you all, no matter your age, to find your purpose and passion through meaningful service to others. I firmly believe, and these conversations will convince you, that every person can make a difference, one simple act at a time. Today is the anniversary of the day I lost my mother. She died two years ago at the age of 90. She was in a facility at the very end of her life, so I'm thinking of her and honoring her memory with this lovely conversation with Kate, a high school senior from Houston, Texas, who created a program to share art, music, and poetry with the elderly and others who are institutionalized. Kate's kindness radiates throughout this conversation, and the name of her organization, the Light Up Network, is absolutely perfect as Kate and her team of volunteers bring light and joy to so many people. Learn more about this work at thelightupnetwork.wordpress.com and the anthology she mentions, The Joys of Me, will be available on barnesandnoble.com starting in November. Welcome back, everybody. I am so excited to introduce you to Kate today. How are you, Kate? Good. How are you? I'm great. Thanks so much for joining us today. Why don't you start off by introducing yourself, how old you are, where you live, where you go to school, and then tell us all about your project. My name is Kate Yunjae Jung. I'm a rising senior at the Kinder High School for the Performing and Visual Arts, where I am studying with a concentration in creative writing. So being an artist is a really big part of my background. And naturally, I really want to infuse that aspect into my community project, which I'm so excited to talk about with you today. Amazing. So tell us more. And I just wanted to clarify, you're in Houston, Texas. Is that right? Yes. Awesome. So tell us everything. Start at the very beginning. So I've always been very close with my grandparents. I grew up in South Korea where I grew up with them. And when I was in the second grade, I unexpectedly moved to the United States. So, you know, I've always grown up very biculturally. And around the time of middle school, which is really when, you know, the self-identity talk within yourself really begins, I kind of wanted to reflect back on my roots and kind of integrate the identity that I found as a creative writer with a newfound language in English, and also connect it back to my close relationship that I had with my grandparents. So I sought out local nursing homes where I could kind of collaborate with the seniors there and do fun little art projects, you know, arts and crafts, writing poetry, etc. And I actually had the opportunity to be connected with a local residence called Noah's House, which is centered for adults with intellectual disabilities. And I just had the most amazing time working with the seniors there. Many of them had not been able to do arts and crafts before. So that was really when my arts and activism movement really began, when I realized that as broad as the arts field is, it's not actually as accessible to everyone. So I wanted to kind of broaden that and This partnership with Noah's House started in March of 2020, literally weeks before the pandemic hit. So we had started off doing these, you know, arts and crafts activities and then COVID hit. So that kind of brought me into thinking, well, I just started this project 
And it's been just amazing working with these people, not just the fact that I get to share my love for art with them, but being able to connect with so many different people, hearing about their life stories. And also the fact that many of these elderly people had never really had visitors come and visit them. You know, a lot of the people that I had mentioned were telling me, when will you be back? Because they hadn't had family or friends visit them in years. And I'm telling you like five to 10 years. And I was kind of reflecting this over the pandemic and thinking back when life was normal and they weren't having many visitors, during the pandemic, it would have been, you know, amplified much, much more. So I wanted to connect this virtually in any way that I could. So I kind of turned my project Light Up Network into a virtual movement where I was able to send elderly and disabled seniors all around the United States just positive, uplifting messages. We did a series called Birthday Bash where we sent them personalized videos of you know, high school students performing art, dancing, singing, performing instruments, and compiled it into a cute little celebration video and sent that all around. We also did an event, I recall, at the local hospice where we gathered, you know, at a distance where the patients could listen on to a musical performance from their rooms. So Light Up Network, rather than just kind of being a very curated movement, was just moments where I could find pockets of positivity and really just share any kind of joy we could in a really difficult and fearful time. And as the pandemic has kind of, you know, lessened, I've been able to open this back up with Noah's House back again, as well as many other organizations around the United States. And one thing that we're really focusing on doing right now is kind of really emphasizing the accessibility in the arts and how anyone really has the power to create and that people have creative potential no matter their abilities, age, what kind of limitations there might seem to be. So a really exciting project that I'm so excited to talk about is a painting and poetry workshop that I've been leading with Noah's House residents in particular, just because they have been the longest partners that I've been working with for over three years. And we're actually working on publishing their poetry pieces and their artworks into a cute little anthology book. That's awesome. That's amazing. Well, you know what? Tell me more. I have a few questions about the Light Up Network and when you first got started. So you started in March of 2020. It shut down almost immediately, which was, I'm sure, devastating. And as you said, you kind of went virtual right away. I loved what you said about the little videos that you would create. How did you find the individuals to send those to? Sort of how did you connect with specific people? And then how did you disseminate that? Because if you think about seniors, many of them don't go on social media or they don't use cell phones or they don't even have inter, you know, internet or, or email. So how did you logistically, how did you do that? I have to say that was definitely one of the most pressing points of figuring out the logistics of launching out this project. And after talking to very many nursing homes, residences, and veterans hospitals even, not many of them even had the technology to provide to these seniors in the first place. So we ended up working with nonprofits that were able to digitally send email copies of these little video compilations that we had. And I'm very lucky to go to an art school where so many students there are already talented in the arts and were able to give their time and talent to this project. 
Well, that was going to be my next question was sort of how did you recruit teens to do the work with you? But it sounds like you kind of have a ready-made group of friends who already want to work in this space, which is so amazing. You know, you raised a couple of really important points that I just wanted to emphasize. I say in my work all the time that intergenerational volunteering is some of the most powerful volunteering that you can do because the elderly have so much to teach us and young people have so much to share and to teach older folks. And the truth is that the elderly were isolated to begin with. And then the pandemic, as you pointed out, just exacerbated a tremendous problem. I remember there was a statistic that I used to quote that was something like 80% of institutionalized elderly get zero visits every year, zero, meaning there is either no one left alive to visit with them or they are institutionalized in a place that's far away from friends or any remaining family. And so you really are bringing to light this issue that when people go into these homes, nursing homes when they get older or if assisted living or someone who is developmentally has some challenges and has to live in a home like this, they become so isolated. The only people they see are the staff. And many times, as you rightly pointed out, art and creativity and music, they might get a little of it, but like just the tiniest bit on like the day that the music person comes in or something, it's really, it's such an important piece of, of people's identities and it's such a joyful thing and we know that it makes people feel so much better and yet they don't get enough of it. So I just love that you came up with this idea to bring it to them. It's so, so important. Tell me a little bit more about your anthology. How are you going to get that published? How are you going to pay for that? That seems like a little bit of a challenge. Yes. So luckily I've been able to kind of get some grants from various foundations that have really supported our endeavors and saw the potential of our mission and how we can really impact not just a local community, but the national community as a whole. So in particular, the Riley's Way Foundation, I really want to shout them out for providing us a very generous grant for us to not only publish the anthology through the Barnes and Noble Press Service, but also to disseminate copies of these books to various nursing homes and disability centers around the U.S. So I wanted to, when doing this anthology project, I wanted to make sure that not only were we publishing their the residents' work and really helping them see how their works can truly be published in a book for others to enjoy, but to also share them with many other uh, disabled seniors around the U.S., for them to also see other works by disabled artists and see what their capabilities can be as well. So in that way, I imagine Light Up Network not just to be a project of service, but also kind of as a activism movement in a way. Mm-hmm. Sure, absolutely. And I bet, you know, you could do something to sort of standardize this, right, to make sort of the best practices on creating this poetry anthology where, you know, a nursing home anywhere in the country could say, okay, we're going to have a workshop, we're going to help people to write poetry or short stories or to paint or do whatever, and then put this together. And what a wonderful thing, as you said, to share with not only the folks who contributed to it and their families, and what a wonderful keepsake to have from someone who maybe, you know, once they've passed away, but then also to be able to share it with the wider world so that people can see that, you know, there is so much talent that is just kind of wasting away there in these institutions. Um, Well, I just think it's wonderful. Tell me about the name Light Up Network. How did you come up with that? Well, this came after my very first workshop working with the residents at Noah's house. 
And I really have to credit Noah's house for really even making Light Up Network a possibility because I had never imagined for this to be a year-long partnership or even a year-long project to begin with. When I started Light Up Network, I was in the eighth grade in middle school. So I had even I had never realized that this could be such a momentous movement. So I came up with the name Light Up Network after my first workshop where I really got to connect with the residents there on a heart-to-heart -heart level, not just creating art with them and assisting them, but really being able to have conversations with them, sit down, get to know each other, share some jokes, and they really lit up. And I swear this sounds so cliche, but it made me and all the other youth volunteers there feel amazing too. And I think that's the beauty of volunteering. It's really the joy that you're able to give, but also feel at the same time. There's, I think, no other activity that will make you feel better than giving and contributing and feeling like you are adding on to the good of something that's bigger than yourself. And I think that's really where Light Up Network com comes from. Wow. Kate, I cannot... I can't think of a way that I would have said it better myself. You literally just in that last few minutes of, of speaking really um, encapsulated everything that my work is about and what I tell people all the time, which is, you know, you get so much almost more than you give. Right. And I love this notion of, you know, the folks who that you that you were working with were lighting up. You know, you want to light someone up with some some wonderful activity and see the spark in them. But it was lighting up the folks um, that you brought as well, yourself and the other teens. Well, I think it's incredible. And you absolutely um, you hit the nail right on the head there that this work is so, so vitally important for those who are isolated and lonely, but also so important for young people, because it really helps you to use your passion, which is art in this case, um, and to share it with others. And, and so now you are needed you are wanted. Your presence is so valuable. And the, the, good, the, the good feeling that you get, that helper's high, um, just is such a wonderful um, benefit, an added bonus, an added benefit. Well, Kate, this has been incredible. Can you tell us how we might follow along and learn more and maybe purchase a copy of your poetry anthology that you're helping them put together? Um, so tell us more. Do you have a website, social media, all that good stuff? So Light Up Network is currently revamping its website to highlight the anthology that we released. It's titled The Joys of Me to really highlight the special characters of every single person that contributed to the book. And it will be released in late September 2023. So the last week of September, and it will be live on the Barnes & Noble website. I'm wishing you the best of luck in school this year. I know it's a very big, important year, and we can't wait for the anthology to come out. So please um, please tell us more when, the, when your website is updated. Please reach back out. We'd love to hear more. Thanks so much for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much for listening. If you were inspired by what you heard today, please follow, rate, and review. These things really matter. And if you know a tween or a teen who is doing great things in his, her, or their community, send them my way. I'd love to meet them and share their stories with a world that could really use a dose of inspiration right about now. You can get in touch with me through my website, simpleactsguide.com. Until next time, remember to keep eyes, ears, hearts, and minds open to the needs of others. And always, be kind. <laughs>